now we come to the preaching. And we have a famous, world-famous preacher coming, renowned across the church. <laughs> um, prepare your heart. Uh, if you missed this morning, you missed a truckload. And, uh, and really, we've heard it delivered a little different way. But what God had for us, I, I, grounding. Man, if you, you can get grounded, you can work from there. And uh, knowing that the Word of God is the Word of God. So tonight, uh, Brother Barnhill is going to come and preach for us. So prepare your hearts and, and let the Lord work. This Brother Brown here pre- preaches for us. Thank you. Praise the Lord. All right. <clears throat> open, open your Bibles to Isaiah 59. I've been bogged down in Isaiah for a while now, <clears throat> if you couldn't tell. Um, this, uh, this chapter, it's uh, closely joined to chapter 58. It's uh, poetic in nature. It's prophetic concerning Israel, uh, written by Isaiah. Don't let anybody ever tell you that there's more than one Isaiah that offered the book of Isaiah. Oh, there's only one Isaiah that authored this book, the entire book. Uh, Isaiah lived during the reigns of Uzziah, of uh, King Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. Uh, this, was, this chapter was probably written later in his life. Um, you can break this chapter down into three sections. Verses 1 through 8 is uh, the condemnation of Israel for their sin. Verses 9 through 15 shows the consequences of their sin and their re- re- repentance. And then verses uh, 15 through 21 is the coming of the Redeemer to Israel. Okay, let's, let's pray and then we'll get into this, this message. Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I love you. I ask you to please uh, bless this sermon. Please bless uh, this church. Lord, I thank you for uh, the privilege to... Uh, preach and teach. Please be with our pastor. Keep him and Mrs. McGovern safe in uh, Israel. And uh, Lord, please help us tonight. And may everything said be in accordance with your will, be pleasing unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Let's go ahead and read some of this. Well, yeah. It says in verse 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you, have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies, your tongue hath muttered perverseness. None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. They hatch cockatrice eggs and weave the spider's web. He that eateth of their eggs dieth, and that which is crushed breaketh out into a viper. Their webs shall not become garments, neither shall they cover themselves 
with their works. Their works are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they know not, and there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Therefore is judgment far from us. Neither doth justice overtake us. We, we wait for light, but behold, obscurity. For brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. We roar all like bears and mourn sore like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far off from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood, and judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth far off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him. And his righteousness, it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate, and an helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing, and was, and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly he will re- repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. To the islands he will repay recompense. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion. And unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord, as for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed's seed, saith the Lord from henceforth and forever. One of uh, my, my biggest fears is uh, to be labeled a hypocrite. I don't know if you have the same fear. Uh, more importantly, I think w- w- even worse than that is, 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 the, is the fear that God would label me a hypocrite. Uh, that may not be your, your biggest fear. Maybe your, your fear is to, be, uh, is to be out of sorts w- with God, to be backslidden. Um, how great is it to be right with God? Think about that. How wonderful it, 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 it is to have peace with the Creator. Um, an illustration might be, uh, you know, or a question to ask myself and yourself is, depending on what your, your, your biggest fear is, what is, is there a test that would show you uh, if, if you're a hypocrite, if you're wrong with God, if you're backslidden? Where can we go in the scriptures that, that would show us? And, and if, if found a hypocrite or if found not right with God, how could we fix it? 
How could we uh, get to a place where we are right, where we are right with God, where we're not hypocritical, where we're, we're walking in truth, and we're genuine in our walk? Um, I think of uh, uh, March 2020, when the COVID fear hit the nation, and, and they came out and they said that a certain people, uh, that it was, there was 15 days to slow, slow the spread, and, and, if you're, and everybody needs to hunker down and, and isolate and six feet apart. And, uh, and then they came out and said, well, you might be sick and not even know it. No symptoms. Uh, no symptoms of being sick. And, uh, and then they came out with a test. It involved a brain swab. I mean, a, 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 a nose swab. And they, they, would take, they would take a Q-tip and they would shove it into your nose. And then they would keep shoving it into your nose until it hit your brain, it felt like. And, and they, would, they, they, would, they, would, they would make you wait. <laughs> they would make you wait. And they would even swab around in there. And, and then uh, we, we, we flew up here then, and they tried to do that to me at the airport in Fairbanks. And, and I tried. I tried to let them do that, but I couldn't. And then afterwards he said, well, I could just swab both of your nostrils for 10 seconds each. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> we should have done that in the first place. But, but a test, a test to determine if you had COVID. A, a test, a biblical test to see, you know, am I going the right way or am I going the, the wrong way? And, and something that this... Uh, there's, it involves something that a lot of people don't appreciate. They don't appreciate having to look at their sin. They don't appreciate uh, preaching that's on sin. This world does not like preaching on sin, but it's necessary. If, if you uh, went to the hospital and the doctor examined you and then came back to you and you had cancer, but the doctor would not tell you that you had cancer, could you trust that doctor? Would you want that doctor to be absolutely honest with you and tell you exactly what was wrong with you so you could fix it? Yes, you would. Well, a preacher is the same way. A preacher must be honest. He must tell you, uh, thus saith the Lord. He must tell, tell you exactly what the scriptures say. Why? So you can fix it. So you can have confidence in him. So... In uh, Isaiah 59, there's three parts. The first part is your sin, uh, to be right with God, your sin must appear exceeding sinful. Verses 1 through 8. Look at verse 1. Sin deceives. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear. The, the, uh, the Jews here, they... They were, it's, it's almost a, uh, it's a, um, it's, they, they were charging God that God was not hearing them. But the Lord specifically says that his hand is not shortened. It's not cut off. The Lord's hand is still there. It, it, he can still reach you, okay? His ear is not heavy. He can still hear. Verse 2 Sin, so sin deceives. This people was deceived. They, they, they thought that, that God couldn't hear them. That God could not help them. And so they sought their help from somebody else. 
They, they, they would seek their help from, from, from the false idols. Okay? Sin separates in verse 2. But your iniquities have separated you between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Now, God does hear. God knows everything. God, we, heard, we learned this, this morning about the omniscience of God and the all-knowing of God. And uh, that God is he's everywhere and he hears everything and he knows everything. Nothing surprises God. He knows what we ask before we ask it. But if our prayers are going to be answered, we, we, we must make sure that our iniquities have been dealt with. But your iniquities have separated you between you and your God. Listen, it's not uh, uh, financial hardship that separates from God. It's not uh, your, your circumstances that separate you from God. Not, not, listen, the, the Bible says there's nothing that can separate you from what? The love of God. But what separates us? It's our, it's our iniquities, our sins. That is what separates us. And it's the only thing that separates us from God. In verse 3, sin defiles and sin uh, lies. It bears false witness. For your hands have de- are, are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue hath muttered perverseness. In verse 4, there's no justice. There's no justice. None, it says none calleth for justice. None calleth for justice. Nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in in vanity, and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. Um, in verse, v- verse 5, sin is destruct- destructive and hateful. They hatch cockatrice eggs. A cockatrice is a type of snake, a poisonous snake. And weave the spider's web. He that eateth of their eggs dieth, and that which is crushed breaketh out into a viper. Uh, the, this, this fruit of, uh, of this cockatrice would, would be an egg. And the, the two things about an egg is, is for one, you, you, you're not sure what, what sort of animal is going to come out of that egg while it's still in the egg. So you see the egg, you see the fruit of this evil, uh, of this sin, and it might appear harmless at first, but just wait for it to hatch. And it will show itself to be exceeding sinful. It will show itself to be exceeding harmful and hurtful and destructive. Um, look at verse 6. Their webs shall not become garments. The, these evildoers, they are trying to cover themselves with a spider's web. It was vanity. Absolute vanity. They, uh, in verse 7, they, their feet run to evil. Their thoughts are evil. Not, not just their actions, but their thoughts. The thoughts, even, even the thoughts of their, of their thoughts were evil. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they know not. In verse 8, they're absolute strangers to, to peace. They have no peace with God. So here we see the, the exceeding sinfulness of sin. And uh, if you study on your own time, if you study chapter 58, it talks more about it, how they were even fasting, and they were keeping the Sabbath, and it was all show. There was, no, there was no heart in it. They were just doing it for man's approval, not for God. 
So my first point is, the, is, is just that. See your sin as exceeding sinful. It's exceeding sinful, hurtful, destructive. It defiles us. There's no profit to it. Now next, look at the exceeding calamitous consequences. Okay? The, these consequences that, that re, result in our calamity. Verse 9 says, Therefore is judgment far from us, neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold, obscurity for, for brightness, but we walk in darkness. Um, that first word, therefore. So, therefore, of this second part is tied directly to the first part. Okay? Therefore. So, because of all these sins, therefore is judgment far from us. And notice also the pronouns change. I thought that was hilarious, brother, that you preached on pronouns this morning. Uh, because if you look at the, this first part, if you look at verse 3, it says, uh, your hands, your fingers, your lips, your tongue. Uh, verse 4, they trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief. Verse 5, they. Verse 6, there. Verse 7, there. Verse 8, the way of peace, they know not. Okay? But then all of a sudden, verse 9, it changes. Now it's what? Us. Verse 10, we. Verse 11, we. Verse 12, our sins. Verse 13, our. Okay? Verse, <clears throat> it changes. There's a change. What is the, the, the prophet here doing? He's, I did, he, he's realizing the consequences, but he's also taking ownership of this sin. He's owning it. And, and that is part of seeing the consequences. And that's also part of the repentance. That's part of the, the repentance is owning the consequences. They're my, it's my sin. It's not just, well, everybody's a sinner. No, I am a sinner. I have sinned. They understood their darkness. Look at verse 9. <clears throat> we wait for light. But behold, obscurity for brightness. But we walk in darkness. <clears throat> verse verse ten. Uh, there's disorder and confusion. We 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 grope for the the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We we stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. They cannot de discern between evil and good. If there is good, they can't. Tell if it's good. If there's evil, they can't discern that it's evil. They're looking for truth. They're looking for light. They want it. They want truth. They want light now. They're filled with grief. They're impatient. They're hungry. They're complaining. They're dissatisfied. And they're murmuring in verse 11. We roar all like bears and mourn sore like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none. For salvation, but it's far off from us. It's far away. We, they want it now. They want salvation. They want peace. <clears throat> their sins went up before God, and they saw their guilt. Look at verse 13. In transgressing and lying against the Lord, I'm sorry, verse 12, for our transgressions are multiplied before thee. 
and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us. And as for our iniquities, we know them. They're lying against God. They're, they're de- departing. They're hurting their fellow man in verse 13. In transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. They've got it backwards. They're, they're giving lip service unto God. And their heart is far from him, while their heart is towards doing harm unto their fellow man. Their heart and their lips should match up with God, and then their actions would be for their fellow man. So, right here, the prophet, is, is, he's confessing all of this. They were genuinely repentant. Um, verse 13 reminds me of the, uh, the uh, publican in Luke chapter 18. Let's turn, let's, 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 let's turn there. Luke chapter 18. Keep your hand in Isaiah. Turn to Luke chapter 18. You get a good picture of where they're at. But they're starting to see light. They, they're desiring truth. They, they don't want these consequences. They don't want to be a hypocrite. It, there's a real struggle here within them. Luke chapter 18, verse 9. And this is, uh, Luke, this is Luke. He's talking about Jesus. And he, Jesus, spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised Others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. He didn't even pray to God. He prayed to him, him himself. I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. He was all of those things. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. What is he putting his trust in? What is he, what is he lean, leaning upon? His own works. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And verse 14 says that this man, this publican, went to his house justified. He went to his house justified. All right, for everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So, back in our text, they were generally re- repentant. They were owning their sin. They were seeing the consequences, and they were owning it. And they, they didn't want to be uh, they didn't want to be exceedingly sinful. They wanted truth. They wanted ri- righteousness. Their conscience was guilty in the sight of God. They had an overpowering sense of the evil of sin. They had a willingness to make the fullest acknowledgement, regardless of how off-putting it may be, of the errors and follies of life. It, doesn't, it didn't matter what it would cost them. They wanted to be right with God. They wanted to be real. And at this point, is when the Lord shows up, right here. When they, this is their, re, this is their repentance. 
seeing the consequences and desiring God. So, uh, my third point. Here appears the, the wonderful, the, the matchless grace of the Lord. Look at verse 14. And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. God saw no righteousness, no light, love, no truth. He saw only violence, only oppression, only darkness, and it displeased him. Why? Why do you think it displeased him? Because he loves us. Because he loves us. And so you, you could go back to the first part. The, these people in, the, in their sin, this is almost a, a plan of, of how God brought salvation unto this world. Be, be, be before the beginning of time, God looked, from, from before time, God looked through time and he saw our need. He saw that we would need a Savior. He saw, that, he saw uh, the world helpless because of sin. And fallen, and he knew that we would need somebody to stand up for us. He knew we would need a redeemer. We would need to be saved. He knew we would need a hero. And he loved us. And he, and he wanted us to be right with him. So how does he do it? Well, he shows us our sin first. And then he brings us to repentance in his special way. And he provides a, a way for us to, to be saved. To be saved from our sins. And he works to, to sanctify us. To glorify himself. It is the goodness of God. And that's the title of my message, The Goodness of God. He is so good. Even in our, even in our wicked and awful sin, he's good. So he saw it. He saw that there was no man. Look at verse 16. Um, this speaks to our depravity. Our depravity. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him. And his righteousness, it sustained him. His arm brought salvation alone. Man's arm was not involved. It was all of God. God saw that we, that some would repent. God is not willing that any repent. But God saw that some would re repent. And so God sent the Savior. And because it's not just repentance, it's repentance in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's what he did upon the cross that saves us. Um, we, we couldn't help our salvation. It was all of God. And also, his righteousness, it sustained him. Christ went forward against all opposition and executed his, his plan. There, there was nothing that could stop him. Christ was born of a virgin. He lived a, a holy and a sinless life according to the, these, these scriptures. And then he, was, he, he went to his passion. He went to his cross. And he suffered and died for us. Christ, the Redeemer, 
our hero, our God. He is righteous. He, he, he went there knowing that, that, that it was righteous, that what he was doing was for our good. And he could not be stopped. His righteousness, it sustained him. He put on righteousness as a, as a breastplate and an helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. This really reminds me of Revelation uh, 19. Let's go there. Because right here, actually, this is future. Verses 1 through 16, they've already happened, but verses 17 through the end of the chapter, those, these have yet to, 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 to happen. Christ has not come yet to, to put on the garment of vengeance for clothing. All right? But in Re- Revelation chapter 19, It says, uh, beginning in verse 11, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat, sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Christ, the Redeemer, our hero, clad in his armor. He is our hero. He saves us. He brings us back to him. He, he, he takes away the, the hypocrisy. He gives us truth. He helps us to live by truth. <clears throat> and so, what can we learn from this passage of Scripture? Here's some, some quick uh, applications. One, how good God is and his great love. He is good. He's not only good, he not only loves us, but listen, God loves truth and God loves mercy. Uh, Ezekiel 33, 11 says, um, God told the prophet, and he, 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 he told me, he said, Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. God wants all men to be saved. God is good. God, God is good. God is, it, it brings God no pleasure to cast somebody into, into the lake of fire. That is not what God wants. God wants uh, the people in verses 1 through 8 to be saved. We also learn that sin and only sin separates us from God. But God is greater than our sin. He's provided a, a way to save us. We, we learn that our hearts are deceptive. That, you know, verse 10, we grope for the wall like the blind. We grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble as in, the, as in the noonday, as in the night. Our hearts are deceptive. They're, it's, they're, our hearts are hard to, to be known. But 
The Lord knows our heart. The Lord knows. We also learn we don't have to wait for, for the consequences. This passage teaches us we don't have to wait for these consequences, okay? We can heed the preaching. We can heed our pastor's warnings. By faith, we can believe that if we continue in a certain path, that these consequences will, will come. And we, we, we don't have to, to let it get this far, okay? We, we also know that, that repentance is clearing. Look at Second uh, Corinthians chapter 7. This is a wonderful verse. That, you know, the way to, you know, really the... For me, how to not be a hypocrite is, is to be is to repent. In Second Corinthians chapter chapter seven, verse eleven, it says, "For behold, this self same thing that ye sorrowed after a godly sort, what carefulness it wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourselves." This is in Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse eleven. Yea, what indignation, yea, what fear. Fear of God, yea, what vehement desire, yea, what zeal, yea, what revenge. In all things ye have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. It reestablishes communion with God. Repentance is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And it's not just a prayer. It's an examination of truth. It's it's an acknowledgement of what will of of, of of the effects of sin. It's a giving. It's a willingness to give up. It's not doing anything. When you read Isaiah fifty nine, they didn't do anything to be right with God. All they wanted to be to, to do was to be heard of God. And so they acknowledged their sin, and God heard them, and God helped them. And also, and this is my last point, there's many, there's, there, there's, God has many, uh, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm going to say this word correctly, there's many, uh, uh, I can't say it, there's many, God has many facets. Is, is, is that a word? I hope so, okay. Uh, we see his love, we see his anger, we see his, we see his wrath, we see his displeasure, we see his pleasure. We see it all tied up in one, how, how he could be at, at the same time where he's angry against sin. He, he loves us, and he works to bring us back to him. And so this person is worthy of your devotion. And he's worthy to have a real relationship with, and that will actually keep you on on the right path is having that real re- re- relationship with him. Okay? And so uh, I'm going to pray, and then uh, Brother Greg, please come, and, uh, and um, I'll just pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I do love you. I praise you for the opportunity to preach, Lord. Please bless these folks, Lord. Please bless this church. Lord, if there's anyone here who's not saved, pray. Uh, they would not leave here, Lord, without knowing you, Lord, that they would, um, kinda, they would, that they would follow the steps in Isaiah 
59, that they would see their sins exceeding sinful. They would see the consequences and they would repent and they would, they would trust you, Lord. They would believe in the only, the only thing that can save them is you, Lord, your free salvation, what you did for us upon the cross. Lord, that they would know that judgment is to come, Lord. I pray, Father, for, uh, for the saved here, Lord, that we would be encouraged, Lord, to, to seek you, Lord, and to desire truth and to, to be real in our walk. Uh, we do love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If God has worked on your heart today, showed you a need that you're not saved and you don't know for sure that you're going to go to heaven. I want you to take a minute and think about that. If you're not 100% sure that Christ is your Savior, He forgave your sins and you have a home in heaven. If there's any shadow of a doubt, would you lift your hand up? And we'll pray for you. We've got folks that will come and work with you. Uh, explain the gospel to you. Okay? Uh, if God has spoke to your heart in another fashion, um, could be anything. It was a, a great lesson, a great sermon. Um, God's word is always sufficient. Um, we're going to open up the invitation. Uh, if you'd like to come and pray, you can. Uh, at this time, Brother Mitch is going to come and lead us in the song. So I'll stand and grab those song books. Turn to page 174 again. If the Lord is working on your heart. You can come do business with Him here at this altar. 174.